0: What's up, everyone? We're back for another episode of Locked On Bucks on a Tuesday. And unfortunately, as we have to every single day, we have to talk about the injury report that continues to grow. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's in the water. I don't know what's happening there. But we will certainly mention that as the Bucks prepare for a matchup with the Detroit Pistons. We've got a New Jersey. Uh, Everyone always wants to talk about the New Jerseys. People get fired up about New Jersey. So we're going to talk about the City Edition that drop today and then we're going to look at the rest of the east we know what the bucks are doing they haven't got any bodies out there on the floor it's hard to really you know take anything from these games early in the season but there are some teams that are that look like they're much improved from last season so we're going to touch on some of those so let's get into it
1: Max him down Giannis into the lane Giannis spinning fading shot up go.
0: Cain Pittman, alongside me is my good friend from the Bucks Radio Network, Justin Garcia. Uh, I guess I should mention you can see me and listen to me on this show daily uh, as well. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Uh, they've been longtime sponsors of the podcast. You can get whatever parts you need for your car. And if you need any spare parts, uh, rock, uh, rockauto.com will take care of you. And perhaps the Bucks need some spare parts right now as well, Justin, because I tell you what, I, I don't think... This early in the season, I've seen anything like this. And just before I bring you in, I'll pull up the latest injury report here. And it's hard to believe. So as I said, Bucks and the Pistons coming up here. So this dropped this morning. So out of this game against Detroit, he's going to be Brook Lopez still with a back soreness. We knew that was the case. Drew Holiday is out with the left ankle sprain. Bud hinted that potentially he was a chance to come back in, but he is out. Dante DiVincenzo is still out. Uh, Then you have three players that are probable. Uh, Rodney Hood, interesting, with the left-hand contusion. Uh, They did mention right-hand at first, so just an update there. That's the left-hand. He is probable. Giannis is probable with left knee soreness. He looked hobbled at times in the game yesterday against Utah and Grayson Allen with right knee soreness. So, look, everyone is on this injury report Chris Milton is the interesting one, though, Justin. And you were there in the arena. You were there at FICEF Forum, so you're the perfect person to speak to about this. Chris Milton in health and safety protocols now. Now, this has been a fascinating timeline of how this played out. Uh, pre-game, Chris Milton was uh, listed as out, and Bud said, oh, I've only just found out. There's an illness. I'm not sure what it is. He's out. After the game, he was specifically asked by our friend Eric, name, is it COVID? He said, no, no, it's not COVID. I shouldn't have made a joke about it in the pre-game. A few hours later, he's on the injury report in the health and safety protocol. Now, of course, that doesn't mean that he tested positive for COVID. It might just be a short-term thing. We're not really sure. We haven't had any info. The Bucs were traveling today, so we haven't had a chance to get any clarification from anyone within the team. Strange timeline, though. Uh, And you were there. I believe he was warming up before the game, at least. At least he got a couple of shots up, right?
1: Yeah, he was there um, because... Uh, I mean, you've seen too how they they warm up in pairs, and Giannis and Chris are paired together, and they're always the first two to go outside of, you know, last year it would be Jordan Wara and Sam Merrill, and the rookies would sometimes go out before him. But they were on the court together. It wasn't very long. Um, And I was down there uh, on the court taking some pictures and saw Giannis warming up. And then all of a sudden, uh, just out of the corner of my eye, I saw Chris Middleton walking towards the tunnel and thought, (laughs) Wait a minute. (laughs) That's a quick yeah, It's been like a minute or two here and thinking what's going on. And then it was shortly after we saw the tweets start to come out. Oh, yeah, Chris Middleton's on the injury report and he's out. So he was definitely out there. And it seems as though he may have received news or something. He was definitely on the court. And then I don't know if he went through the warm-ups and was just feeling ill, as Bud said. Um, But he was out there and then pulled off the court. And now it's going to be two games at least that Chris Middleton isn't out there. So it's, it's uh, everything that can go wrong to start this season is seeming to go wrong. And I mean, if you're, if you're Dave Kane and Lisa Byneton, you're thinking this is not what I signed up for. When do I get to see the real version of this team?
0: Yeah, this is kind of the thing. And this is why on today's show, we're going to talk about some of the other teams in the East, because quite honestly, it's been difficult to to continue to do these games and try and analyze what you're seeing on the court and do this show daily, when none of it feels like it's actually meaningful to anything moving forward. I mean, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna hope, I'm gonna cross my fingers, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say, look, hopefully in two months' time we're not in the same boat. I mean, I guess we can't rule anything out. Well, hopefully in
1: one month time,
0: here. one month's time, yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy. I see, you know, the question starting to get out there. Okay, well, the Bucks are three and four. Is there any reason to panic? Is there any reason to be stressed out? I mean, the one thing I would say is that it's literally November first. Like we just left yeah. October. The week, the season is two weeks old. They're three and four, but I, I look. I have to say, when you're in this situation where you have players out and you have players that are injured, I keep on saying it, but you want to just bank wins where you can. Unfortunately, the Bucks have had a couple of losses where you know they make a couple of shots. They might have been able to sneak a win here. But I don't think it's outrageous to say that, look, this is going to be a really tough stretch. The Bucs are going out on the road. They're playing some pretty good teams. It's probably going to get worse before the Bucs are able to get healthy. And I think the big concern is that you have to be worried about the guys that are playing because of the toll that they're having to take on. And, and I spoke about it yesterday with Giannis and Bucks fans understandably concerned about him playing in a back-to-back and, and the minutes that he's playing. And I get it. It's this, this is sort of the trickle-down effect of what happens when you've got so many guys on the sideline.
1: Um, there's a couple of things that uh, you bring up there. Uh, one, it's funny that the panic level, like the way that conversation always starts is somebody will bring up, is there reason for concern? And then you'll see rightfully most of the audience attacking it saying it's it's seven games this team won the championship look at the team look at the guys that are on the court no there's no reason for panic yet and oh yeah no no i i agree i just had to ask so it seems like that's how the conversation always starts the schedule that you bring up is worth pointing out because i mean on this road trip that they're going to have outside of this one-off in detroit and then the one-off at home against the knicks but even that knicks game prior to tonight yeah the knicks were one of the best had the best record in the east all five teams on the road trip and it's their longest road trip of the season all five of those matchups are going to be tough i mean boston is struggling but it's still a tough place to play the wizards are playing really well you have a back-to-back in there with the uh, sixers next week too so it's a tough stretch of scheduling and especially if you're going to be banged up still to have your longest road trip and have formidable teams on that that's difficult, but November you have two back to backs, fourteen games in thirty days. I think December is four back to backs and sixteen games in thirty days. So to your point, um, it's probably gonna get worse before it gets better just because, you know, I I think we all I thought I, I would say I was fifty-fifty on whether or not Drew would play on Tuesday. I still think it kind of feels like maybe we'll see him Friday, but it might not be until the road trip starts. Brooke Lopez I don't think we're seeing him anytime soon just based off everything that Bud has said like it's not unfathomable to say it might not be until December that we see Brooke Lopez back on the court the way that Bud has kind of dropped some hints and couch things when he's asked about him in post game so then you're you're you kind of shift to Giannis and you know I didn't think he was going to play on Sunday against the Jazz I thought you'd give him one of those games just because of the injuries this team has already had and you know we've seen him now for two or three straight regular season games look gassed and it's easy to see why that he's doing everything i mean look at the amount of times he's the guy bringing the ball up the court and basically being the facilitator and distributor his usage rate is it was flirting with a career high and you look at the guys around him it's got to be honest and we talked about this on the game broadcast a couple of uh times on saturday and sunday but because of the spot they're in with injuries, you have Giannis in this unique spot where there's a lot of groupings he's playing with. He's likely not, or you at least hope, not going to play with again or very frequently this season. But also, it's been like watching a split squad team with baseball because of where they're at, that it's been, Giannis, you take this group, and then a couple of minutes later, Chris was going to come in and Chris takes this group. But now that Chris is out, you can't even do that.
0: Yeah, just with the Brook Lopez stuff as well, I mean, I kind of, suggested that yesterday as well. And it is speculation to be clear. I mean, there hasn't been a timeline. Uh, occasionally, you know, you'll get people ask on Twitter, what's the word? And you guys yeah. know, it's like pulling teeth, trying to get anything specific out of Bud. He's basically said there is no timeline, but he also says, well, the timeline hasn't changed, but he did give away the little breadcrumb yesterday that he hasn't been doing any basketball activity. He's, he's just in the gym. So I, I tend to agree. I mean, it's going to be weeks rather than days, I would suggest. Uh, One thing that will be interesting, I mean, sometimes when you go on a long road trip like this, and potentially if you have Brook Lopez, they might say, we're not going to put him on a plane. There's no point taking him and flying him around all these places, particularly when he has a back injury. Uh, The Bucs on this road trip do have a trip to the White House uh, scheduled, I believe, when they're in Washington there. So I wonder whether they're going to take everyone. I assume assume that everyone will want to get there, which is interesting. For Chris Middleton, because if he's in the health and safety protocol, then he would miss that. We saw last year, Thanasis, obviously, it was a real shame when he wasn't able to be there when the, when the Bucks won the title. So, you know, hopefully for Chris, if that's something he wants to do and that's on his uh, list of, of things he wants to tick off as being an NBA champion, hopefully uh, he's free to do that. We're going to talk about the jersey I don't think that me and you, but particularly, have any really hot takes. But I just find it so entertaining. I love it when the, a new jersey is released, just for the social media reaction, uh, just for the for the outrage. There's always outrage. So we're going to talk about the jersey and then move into some of the other teams around the Eastern Conference. But I don't know if you guys have heard about Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a daily fantasy. Is daily fantasy made easy? I love it, and I know that you will too. Prize Picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. Price Picks offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as bench players only recording a handful of minutes each game or in the Bucks case uh, bench players that are recording 30 minutes each night so that's uh, pretty good for you there all of your users that de- all of the users that deposit and use the promo code will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 just use the promo code nba for that there. price picks allows mixed sport entries you can take over on take the over on lebron combined with the under on mahomes in the same entry there you go you can mix a little nfl nba if you're into that type of thing maybe some bucks and packers that sounds pretty fun you can use the award-winning app on both the app store and google play entries can be made in 60 seconds or less it's that easy price picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. So don't hesitate. Check out pricepicks.com and use the promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. So as we keep rolling here, I mentioned that the Bucks revealed the City jersey and uh, there was... 28 jerseys revealed today i believe off the top of my head i think it was utah and phoenix that are just rolling through with the same as last year so i think there was only 28 new jerseys there was some stinky ones like the heat ransom note that looks terrible there was the okc thunder which was just kind of like plain white so it was like a really weird jersey so that one sucked yeah the celtics was pretty boring but the bucks uh they at least did something, Justin. I mean, you know, whether you like it or dislike it, they, they tried something. You can't accuse it of being boring. Here we go. I've got a picture of uh Sandro Mamu Kalashvili. He's our model today because this photo is, is perfect because you get you get all angles. He really he really knows how to show off this jersey, Mamu,
1: here. So I'll throw it to you. What do you think? What do you think of this city jersey? I quite like it. The only thing I don't like is the collar that I wish you would okay. have the same piping that you do around the arms and at the bottom of the uh, shorts, as you do on the collar. But other than that, I like it quite a bit. And uh, I get what they were trying to do where they're tying together. Um, It it seemed like it was about half of the teams that followed this, because you saw people pointing out, well, with the 75th anniversary, the league wanted teams for their city edition jersey to embrace their entire history and try to tie in as much of it as they could. And and you can see some of it. You can see some teams that just went to full on throwbacks, like what the Rockets did for a Jersey that I'm not sure anybody was asking for again, but yeah, it's still, uh, it's still a, you know, it, it carries a soft spot in my heart as a longtime Charles Barkley fan. But this one I really like because I think it, it serves a lot of people with the Iris rainbow. And, um, I know we differ on this, but, um, Frank and I, I believe, are the same age, and we've never actually met in person, but we have differing views on everything about that 90s Bucks team, I think, <laughs> or era, except for our love for Glenn Robinson, because at the time when I grew up, that was the the era of Bucks basketball I grew up with. I was indifferent to it. And then as soon as you left and you switched the jerseys at first, it was okay. It was good to get away from purple. Now for me, it's kind of come full scale where that's what I remember going to the Bradley center and watching. And that's when I really got into basketball. So I miss the purple jerseys and I'm okay with them to bring that back a little bit. So to just introduce it the way that they did in this Jersey, I like it quite a bit. So it's interesting. I just had to pull that up there to make sure it, it wasn't wrong, but so there is no red. So as they've
0: incorporated a bunch of different eras there, there's, there's no real red on this Jersey. And I did see someone say that it was kind of weird that there was no red just because it's obviously been pretty prominent within the, the history of the franchise, even though they've tried to touch different eras, as you already mentioned. But, but I think it's, I think it's awesome. I, I uh, you know, I mean, to me, I, I just, honestly, when it comes to jerseys, I think that people just want to want to dislike them. like, you know, like the, the, like for them, there's some enjoyment or there's some some you know weird satisfaction out of saying this jersey sucks because I would have done this or I would have done that. I mean, honestly, like the front of it is super clean. I love the the green that they used with the bucks, and then even the side panels, like it's awesome. I, I saw people yeah. that were angry about the purple, but I don't think that the purple looks like out of place with those yeah. colors there. I, I think it looks fine. If you're if that's your biggest complaint that you wanted purple out of it, I don't know, man. It's it's, it's
1: cool. It's cool. Jersey. I think it was the exact right amount of usage for the purple. If it would have been part of the trim on the lettering or something, then you're like, okay, it's a little too much purple, but the way they used it, I think it was the perfect mix of it. And yeah, I thought at first I saw some red, but in looking at it again, and as you saw more of it, you're like, oh yeah, there is no red. I wonder if that's just because of the other leak that we saw as well, where that will be prominently featured, but that's the one thing missing. and. I think I I like them quite a bit. And with the cream, the cream city city edition, it seemed like everybody loved it universally. The other two, the Mecca and um, last year's blue more so with the Mecca, but even with the blue jerseys to the point you brought up about people just like to complain about jerseys with both of those. I remember as soon as they were released, everybody hated them and then it slowly started to fade. And I think for us too, we got a chance to see those yellow ones up close when they had them on display inside of Pfizer for them before they wore them. And I remember seeing it and not really getting it. And then somebody had to explain to you, look at the shorts and this is the court and this is this part of the court. And then you're like, okay, it's, it's neat, I get it. But then the first time you saw them up close, you were like, you know what? I actually like these a lot better than I thought I would. And I think the same happened For some people with the blue, and I would imagine this one, to me, I think is going to be just like those Mecca-inspired jerseys, where even if you think, I don't really like this, or I don't get what they're doing, as soon as you see them wear them a couple of times, then it's going to be, yeah, you know what, I like these.
0: Out of all the alternate journey, jerseys they've had, I honestly think this one might be near the near the top of my favorites. Like I, I even like this better than I like the the black alternate. I like it better than the Cream City. I like it, you know, I, I thought they had a really good Christmas jersey they wore at MSG going back a couple yeah, of years ago. I was going to say
1: the, the basically um, like the city inspired one that was white. That's probably my favorite of their alternates. But this one's yeah. up there.
0: Yeah, I think this one's up there. So anyway, if you don't like the podcast... Um, We've had him on the podcast before, but David Dunn, Elijah Price. I'm confident that he'll have like a four-hour podcast specifically on why this jersey sucks. So this might not be the podcast for you, but check out uh, Tutonia World. He'll he'll have you sorted with some sort of uh, outrage podcast about the jerseys. So that'll be fun. But let's bring up, let's bring up the standings now. Let's talk about some teams here, moving forward. So as I as I pull up the standings here on the screen, so this was as of. A couple of hours ago, and the Bucks currently in 11th, not even a play-in tournament team, not even in the playoffs. So that is absolutely sickening. But some of the teams that are playing really well: Chicago Bulls six and one, they just had a massive comeback over the Boston Celtics today, so they're obviously uh, playing good basketball there. Now, the Miami Heat five and one, Knicks are five and two. They lost to the Raptors, and they were pretty awful against Toronto tonight. I was watching that game. Then you have Sixers, Wizards, another surprise team. That are up there. So, as we roll through, I will ask you about a couple of these teams and we'll get into it a little bit because, again, it's not that you should be panicking individually about the Bucs, but a lot of these teams are looking improved and it is going to make things interesting as the season rolls on, keeping in mind that for the Bucs anyway, we're only seven games in. Uh, Before we get to that, I'll talk about uh, Shopify. Uh, Shopify. Gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business. So upstart startups and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales and effortlessly stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility and Shopify helps make your entrepreneurial dreams come true. Uh, Personally, I love how Shopify has the tools and resources that makes it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe. Shopify powers 1.7 million businesses from first sale to full scale, reaching customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. Just go to shopify.com slash locked on NBA. That's all lowercase there for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash locked on NBA right now. That's shopify.com slash locked on NBA. And then uh, jump across the betonline.ag. We've been talking about football a lot. And as baseball looks to wrap up here, BetOnline, betonline.ag's attention is going to be fully with basketball and football. It remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code locked on to receive your bonus Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your four, uh, all your favorite sports. And uh, this week, I believe it's Packers and Chiefs. Is that uh, is we're looking at Packers and Chiefs, Justin? That you would know. That is what we're looking at. Who would have thought? It looks like an easy win for the Packers. We'll see. Don't want to jinx it. But that's at Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, teams to watch. In the Eastern Conference, which teams are making a move? So as I, you know, we can start with the Bulls if you want. So six and one, and let's, let's face it, the Bucks haven't had much of a challenge in the Central Division for quite a long time. They've been beating up on the Bulls for years. What's what's even the way to start? I mean, do you think the Bulls are real? Like, do you think that this is, and, and you can clarify what you mean by real. I mean, I think it's evident at this point, they're going to be a playoff team, but how good do you think that they are? And how good do you think that they could be? Keeping in mind that we always talk about these teams that have to add new pieces, it would seem realistic and seem, yeah. you know, the probable that they're going to get better. Um, how much of
1: the Bulls have you seen this year?
0: Well, I would say I've seen a little bit, but this is part of the reason why I'm not as impressed with the six and one record. Most of the time when I've seen the games that they're playing, I'm like, I'm not watching that. There's no chance. Right. I'm not
1: watching Bulls and Pistons. Get out of here. Right. Though. Um, I've, I've seen two plus games basically from them. Um, and they've played the first, what, five games they had of the season. I think four or five had three of the worst offenses in the league. So we can point to, Hey, look at the bulls defense. They've played collectively some of the worst offenses out there. Um, I think DeMar DeRozan has looked better than I anticipated. Uh, Zach Levine, you know, can score, I still have some questions about that team in the playoffs, but to your point, it it looks as though this team's going to be for real in the regular season. And they're probably at this point going to be a 45, 47 win team, the way they're playing, maybe even into the fifties and in low fifties there. Um, I'm not, uh, I'm not a bulls. I was a full on bull skeptic coming into the season. I've been pushed out of there seven games in, but I'm not, yeah, the Bulls are going to get to the second round of the playoffs and not a believer. It's just kind of the point you made of, okay, I guess they are definitely going to be a playoff team. And at, at this rate, a pretty good chance they're not going to be in the play-in tournament. So that's where I'm at with the Bulls. Yeah, so I have the Bulls now, and this has changed a little bit as well.
0: I thought they were going to finish anywhere from like playing tournament, like 10 to 6 seed. I can no. see them pushing up to a 4 or 5. Now, I, I reckon they're they're clearly, if everything's, Everyone's healthy and everyone's, you know, feeling good. They're still not in the top tier, but there's, they're, they're maybe at the front of the pack of the teams that include Atlanta and New York and these types of teams. Um, so we'll see how it shakes out. Defensively, though, yeah, I mean, the numbers have been incredible. Again, they've played some absolutely terrible teams. I, I do think that they deserve some credit when you have the combination of Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso on the perimeter. They've been pretty frisky. Like, this is a yeah. pretty frisky defensive team. And even Zach Levine, it's interesting. Yeah, you know, all the talk out of Team USA was that, look, this guy's willing to play defense. He's really showing a bit. So I don't think that with, with the size that they can put on the floor with some of those guys, I think on the perimeter, at least, they're better than advertised. Still, you know, I'm not worried. I'm not worried about what's going on behind there in terms of their big man with Vucevic with and these types of guys. So we'll see when they start to play some of the better teams. And of course, we see it. Every single season, there is teams that come out of the gates quickly. Minnesota Timberwolves have basically had a trademark on this type of maneuver. So I'm not saying they're going to collapse, but we'll see. I mean, at the moment, 6-1, on pretty favorable schedule. We'll see. Miami Heat are interesting to me. We spoke a lot about them, so we could probably skip over this. They're going to be good. I don't think it's anyone to anyone's surprise that they've started the season well. But they definitely win the award of the biggest try-hard team in the NBA at the moment for how for how hard they're trying this, this early in the season, which, again, I've brought it up before. But that would be my concern with them. I mean, if they've got the full complement of players healthy and fresh and feeling good by playoffs, yeah, they're going to be a really tough out. But when I watch Miami... I'm like, why are, the, why are these guys trying so hard in October? Do they realize how old they are? And the one thing I will say, last time I said anything slightly negative about Miami, who, by the way, as I just Look said, they, they're going to be a good team. Like, it's fine. I'm not saying they're not yeah. a good team. I'm just saying they try very, very hard, which, you know, good for them. They've got a bunch of guys that that's what they're they're known to do. But last time I said my concern with Miami was that they didn't have much depth. And, oh, man, they were in the YouTube comments telling me, I don't know basketball, I don't know Miami. And I just want to bring up that a couple of days after that, I was listening to the low post with Zach Lowe and Chris Herring, and I'm totally fine if someone says I don't know anything about basketball. Like, I can live with that. like And that's fine. That's a fine opinion to have. But Zach Lowe specifically said, I think Miami's really good. I'm just not sure about their depth. My big concern about Miami is their depth. So I might not know nothing about basketball. But Zach Lowe knows a thing or two. So I felt
1: justified when I heard that. Yeah, I mean, I think we have pretty much the same views on Miami. I I think we said as much coming into the season. I know they're going to be good. Um, There's not much on the bench outside of Tyler Hero. And I'm with you where maybe we'll see it, although maybe it's heat culture to not do it. Maybe we'll see them start to, all right, now we've kind of built that up and we've seen this group play together. Let's start to take it easy. A little bit in this month or so before we get to the stretch drive of the regular season because look no further than the Bucks and what happens when you're dealt these injuries so that's my biggest concern for Miami the age and the amount of miles that are on guys like PJ Tucker and Kyle Lowry and Jimmy Butler too uh, and and the fact that with that Miami Heat team there's not a whole lot of depth behind those guys so um I think the questions about depth are valid but also I think we do have to point out we heard the same things about the Bucs last year and their depth came up when it mattered and made some big plays in the playoffs. Now, I, I still think Miami is not quite to the level where the Bucs were, even with depth concerns last year. But I mean, the Bucks had the same types of questions going into the playoffs and it, they got by just fine.
0: Yeah, I mean, this, this again. This is going to be a pretty damn good uh, Miami Heat team, and we speak about it all the time. I say it all the time. One of the biggest things you need if you want to win a championship or make it to the NBA Finals is uh, a bit of luck. You need some good luck, and, and Miami will need it. The Bucs will certainly need it if they're going to turn this thing around. So we'll see over the course of the next five months. That's how long we got until uh, until we need to worry about that.
1: Well, I don't know who you're gonna, if you were going to get to any other teams or who it was going to be next, but I was going to say. Do you kind of get the sense that the Eastern Conference may be like what we've seen uh, in the West and really saw in the Western Conference uh, last year as well, where you looked at the final standings and Phoenix Suns were good and they reached the finals. I'm not trying to say that was a fluke, but you looked at the top of the standings and everybody anticipated Lakers and Clippers. And obviously the Lakers were dealing with that LeBron injury late in the season. But at the start of the year, we knew the Jazz would be good. But to say Utah, Phoenix, Denver is one through three in the West, very few people had that. And I know it's early, but you're kind of starting to get the sense that teams like the Bucs who are dealing with issues, teams like the Nets that know who they are, um, they may approach the regular season as such. And I kind of feel like we might start to see the same thing in the East this year, where it could be Philadelphia, Miami, Chicago, as one through three. And then you have the bucks and the nets as three and four or four and five or somewhere in that order that it, it just feels like a weird standings this year.
0: It's going to be interesting because some of the, the main contenders are going to be playing catch up here in, in, in about a month's time. I think Brooklyn will probably find they'll probably keep winning. Philadelphia have been able to win despite what they're going through. But yeah, I mean the three teams, the, the top three teams from last year in the East, have gone through some stuff, obviously Brooklyn aren't at full strength because Kyrie Irving is still going through whatever whatever the hell is going on there. The Sixers, who knows what's going to happen with Ben Simmons. The Philadelphia crowd was chanting, we want Lillard tonight when Lillard was at the free throw line. But Lillard's been playing awful. So yeah. we've said, look, if he keeps spiraling and Lillard ends up in Philadelphia, then that changes everything again. And for the Bucs, they're just going to try and get healthy. But if all these other teams keep winning and winning and winning and winning and all of a sudden you're Milwaukee and you go, okay, well, we're turning into the new year here and we're 12 games behind, 10 games behind the top team in the East. And it's not that you want the number one seed, but when all these teams start to bunch up, then all of a sudden you're like, okay, well, we're actually in the fifth or sixth seed. So that's why it's it's far from panic stations in terms of, you know, championship credentials or what you think you can do in the postseason. But I'm not taking away a lot of these games, taking away a lot from these games in terms of what I think it means long term. But I do think any win you can get, like, take it. Right now, yeah. like this game against Detroit tomorrow is not going to be a gimme because we, we don't know who he's even going to play in this game. But if you win, be happy and, and run away with that win and added it to the standings and, and say, okay, we that, that's one we had to get because it's going to get difficult and the gap is going to continue to open with the teams at the top of the conference.
1: Well, and I've always kind of felt like it, you need 30 games to really assess what you have. And I think what makes this situation even more difficult for the Bucs is – you're not so much trying to um, do that assessment on your team because you can't even get to that point until you're healthy. Like It's kind of the struggle that we're going through on the broadcast, too, where you'll point these things out and say, well, the Bucks are shooting X percent on catch-and-shoot threes and on open looks, and Giannis is generating this. But how much of that really matters when you look at the players he's generating the looks for and who he's playing with? If they're shooting this. And I know some of your starters are out there, but when you look at this team, it's easy to see why there's some of these offensive struggles. So I I think you drive yourself crazy over that, that to me, I think you need 30 games. So I I feel like it's not going to be until around Christmas day that hopefully this team has been healthy for a little bit of time by then. And you can build up enough of a database to say, okay, we've seen enough of the lineups of Giannis with Grayson Allen and the other starters. And we've seen enough of this to feel like, yeah, this team, I feel pretty good about overall. They just need to work on this.
0: Yeah, congratulations, uh, Milwaukee fans! Uh, last year, you may have got that long-awaited uh, home game on Christmas, but there was a pandemic, so you weren't allowed to have any fans. Uh, this year on Christmas, you can have zero out of five starters playing. So uh, that, enjoy the, enjoy Christmas Day. No, we obviously we hope that's not the case. It's still a fair way off here, and, and the Bucks hopefully are ticking along and healthy by then as always we thank you for making locked on bucks your first listen of every day whether it's on the podcast platform that you listen to it or it's on youtube and uh, after you listen to locked on bucks go check out the locked on fantasy basketball podcast i don't know how many guys and girls out there listening to the show watching this show picked up milwaukee players in their fantasy draft and i don't know how many of them are still hanging on to those milwaukee players but it's going to be tough times out there if you're a bucks fan a biased
1: bucks fan playing fantasy basketball but what well, you I think? don't know how many I don't know how many of us thought those Milwaukee players we picked up would have been Sandro Mamu Kellyshvili and Yurgos Kalaitzakis this early into the season.
0: Well as we saw earlier in this podcast Mamu has a future in Jersey modeling uh, if the NBA stuff doesn't work out so shout out to him. He'll probably get some minutes tomorrow I feel like in Detroit as the Bucs uh, continue to have no one playing on the floor right now but we'll leave it there this game tips off at 6 pm central i believe that's a seven o'clock eastern time tip so an early one uh so make sure you don't miss the start of that game we'll be there no matter who plays or no matter what happens whether they win or lose or they forfeit because they don't have enough healthy bodies we'll do a post game podcast i'm not rolling anything out at this stage but we'll leave it there for now for justin and myself kane Pittman, we will catch you guys after the game